working its thing and we are live what's up everybody welcome back to the geeks and company my name is js i've got a bunch of people here today we are broadcasting the geek boutique live on a bunch of sources on instagram youtube facebook and we're all about the batman now for anybody that hasn't seen the movie don't worry about it we're gonna try to have a spoiler free batman in general conversation for the first half of the show Maybe we'll get into a little bit more of the actual spoilerish, nitty gritty details of the movie towards the second half of the show. But we'll warn you guys. So, first of all, first time on the podcast, Erica Adam, how are you? I'm great. Uh, I'm a little rushed. I came from um, a hair appointment gone interestingly. So, uh, I've been thinking all about uh, what I wanted to talk about Batman wise the whole time I was sitting with color and, and stuff. Uh, so, I'm a little rushed, but I'm happy to be here. <laughs> Well, it is wicked to have you here. Um, back now for, I don't know, I've lost count now. Uh, my buddy Rob, it's going to be in a bunch of videos coming up on the channel. So if you don't know him by now, you better get to know him. What's going on, bud? How much? How's it going? Glad to be here. Uh, you know, same old. I Returning for the, I don't know, how many episodes have we had? Like three? <laughs> a, a lot. It feels <laughs> like about 300, but. It, it, well, it's not at 300, but at Messiah Complex Cosplay, Mr. Jeff, yeah. how are you doing this week? Fantastico. Uh, are you counting like... down. Yes. Yeah, counting down for Comic Con. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So just uh, last minute painting and, and stuff and getting ready for, for that. And I've got something on Saturday too. This this Saturday, I'm going to be doing some Spider Manning for some charity work and stuff. So. Yeah, yeah, just trying to stay busy, doing the things. Mm -hmm. I saw your uh, sciatica post there this week, and I was like, ah, welcome to the club, bud. <laughs> sciatica, yeah. For those that know me, you know why that's even funnier, but yeah, that's, yeah, I had to share that one. Yeah, it's big time con crunch right now for me as well. I uh, decided to put a new cosplay together like two weeks before the con. Uh, as you do. So I'm not even at the painting stage yet. I'm still at the foam work stage. Yep. Uh, so you know yeah i think that uh, one was my fault because we was decided your we weren't going to do anything it for was the totally con we're, we're just going to go and film and have fun and then uh he messaged me and he was so pissed i know <laughs> yeah yeah i dropped that bomb last Love. week on the podcast yeah, yeah. he messaged me right away he's like oh he's gonna do this now so i have to do something i'm like yeah, <laughs> yeah. well uh i'm sure we'll, we'll get a chance to talk about this specific story when we get into the the actual uh nitty-gritty of it um how about we start very, very lightly, Batman in general. Um, I want to know a little bit about who for you is your Batman. Uh, what did you grow up idolizing as Batman or who did you grow up idolizing as Batman? And is that person still your Batman? How about we start with, I don't know, Erica, since it's the first time on. Sure, sure. Um, so I grew up watching... Um, mostly the cartoons especially batman mm -hmm. beyond it was uh it was on when i was in childhood stages so that's where i started and then my first exposure to the movies was uh, a four-part dvd that i still have that one of my older cousins gave me and it was um it was both the keaton batmans as well as um the the uh one with the 
Clooney and um, you know the other one who Val Kilmer. Thank you. Um, I, the, so I would say that uh, that was my first exposure to those movies. Uh, the Val Kilmer storyline really intrigued me. It also happened to come out the year I was born, so a lot of really cool merch relates to that but uh the michael keaton ones really sold me on the perfect combination of uh bruce and batman together so up until recently i'd say michael keaton was my my running batman um because it was just such a cool translation from the cartoons into movies rob i'm not sure if any one of them is my batman but uh sort of the michael keaton movies i love um I wasn't old enough to watch them. You know, I would watch them as reruns, basically, or watch them with my parents. I loved them at the time. But it was the the animated series of cartoons that really mm -hmm. got me into it. I loved the cartoons. As in Batman the Animated Series? Yeah, yeah, Batman yeah. the Animated Series. Yeah, really loved those. And then when it finally, you know, what made it the definitive Batman for me was the Bale series because that sort of, you know, was my time for Batman. Mm -hmm. Um so yeah, I probably the that series, the Christopher Nolan series, was probably my Batman. Aside mm -hmm. from growing up with the cartoons, interesting. Jeff. So as far as an on-screen Batman goes, uh, it would yeah, same same with what Rob is saying. I, I I couldn't I could never pick just one, but Kevin Conroy. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, it's such a definitive, and not even just the animated series, but he did so many of the DC movies as well, the DC animated movies that came out. And I feel like he was the first one, because as a token old guy, I, I want to say Adam West, because that was my first exposure to Batman as a child, was the reruns of the of the original Batman show from the 60s. But even then, it didn't have the kind of impact that Kevin Conroy had. He, he mm -hmm. seemed to be the first guy that would affect a different voice for Bruce Wayne and then for Batman, because... For Bruce Wayne, he would always be like, hey, everybody, how's it going? And then for Batman, he's like, okay, now we're going to do this, and now we're going to do that. So he had not as dramatic as Bale from, you know, regular to gravelly, but he still had two distinct voices for the two different characters. And that, to me, was so impactful, and it really added a nuance to the role that other people just weren't doing. And to this day, some of them still don't do it. You know, the Dark Knight, uh, the Dark Knight Returns is probably one of my favorite animated Batman tales. But Peter Weller's the voice of Bruce Wayne and Batman, and it's the exact same voice throughout the whole film. He does a great job, but I need that differential because psychologically they're two different personas. So it's cool that Conroy used that to to do the voice acting work that he did over the I don't know how long he's been doing the role, decades. I think he still does it for certain things. So yeah, he definitely is still mm. doing it periodically. Um, yeah. Some of the video game series he's voicing, and still some of the animated stuff. So, and then he did a live action thing on in the Arrowverse stuff. So, do that, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a weird one, but he still did it. So, yeah. What about you, Jay? Yeah, exactly. Who was your Batman? Was before I get to that, I I read off the bat. I'm going to disagree with you a little bit on Frank Weller. I think I feel like that was on purpose that he only had the one voice because there was no longer two personas at that point. Bruce Wayne was Batman. That to me was kind of the point of the dark Knight returns is there aren't, there isn't two characters anymore. It's just him now. And he is the Batman, right? That's the way I saw it. But in any case, oh, um, my, um, I'm a little bit like you in the sense that my first exposure to Batman also was the sixties, uh, uh, Adam West's, show 
But again, that was not my Batman. Um, Batman Begin comes around. Christian Bale, oh my God, this guy's amazing. For a while, I was like, okay, this is my Batman. Uh, ben Affleck, I think for me, has really been the closest to a Batman for me again, partly because of The Dark Knight Returns. In my mind, Ben Affleck is that Batman from right. The Dark Knight Returns. Right. He's the older, grizzled, has no fucks to give Batman, right? Um, yeah. So for me, he was the Batman for a while, but I got to say, if you haven't seen this new movie, I was skeptical at first when they announced he was going to be Batman, but I really, really liked him. Not so much as Bruce Wayne. Maybe that's a conversation I want to have right now, and that's actually where I wanted to go is he's not really Bruce Wayne just yet. There is not that personality, but for you guys... I don't know that we can have that conversation without dropping some spoilers, though. No, yeah. I'm not talking about him specifically in that movie, but the personas of Bruce Wayne and Batman. That's no, I know, I but there's go. there's a reason why he's dropped that persona in the film, and it's detailed, and it's kind of part of the plot. So I don't know if you want to delve that deep into it yet. Again, I'm not. Ta- I don't. I don't want to talk about that as far as the Batman goes. I want to talk that oh. as far as Batman in general, the Bruce oh, Wayne persona and cool. the Batman persona. Right. Whereas for me, Michael three, Keaton right? was always a great Batman and a great Bruce yes. Wayne. Val Kilmer was a great Bruce Wayne, sucked as Batman. Yeah. Uh, That's why Michael Keaton you know, held it for me for so long. Yeah. He was the best balance I found. Um, I think it partly came from his his Batman in the movies in particular was... Uh, there was less of it. It was way more show than, than tell. He, and he didn't have a whole lot of lines, partly because he didn't like doing the, the voice. So he did try to switch it up, but it wasn't a lot. But uh, when he did, they were um, performative, but they were, they weren't as involved as some of the other ones where you see like Bale spends so much time in the suit that a lot of his lines are delivered that way. Um, and Michael Keaton found like a really cool balance uh, being Bruce and being the, the charismatic billionaire he's supposed to be. Um, and then in order to keep that that edgy Batman, he just showed less of himself. Because I think he recognized that he he's not an edgy guy by any means. Um, <laughs> he, I don't think he's ever been in most of the stuff that he does. And so uh, by keeping it minimal and very like mysterious and that went well to the, the whole Tim Burton aspect, like that made it a really good balance between Bruce and Batman. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, I because completely it, agree. It, it, it's a three-part role when you think about it. Superman it is. is the same thing to a lesser extent because you have the public Bruce Wayne, the billionaire, playboy philanthropist, chairman of the board, running Wayne Enterprises. Then you have the tortured soul who watched his parents killed and dedicates his life to being the world's greatest detective, the world's greatest martial artist. And then you have the violent, vengeance-seeking, brutal guy that just goes out every night and literally beats the shit out of people all night long to try to make Gotham a better place. So it's hard to find a balance. It's not just two, it's three. It and is. very few of them have been able to pull that off and pull that off well. And uh, and yeah, when we talk a little bit later on about, about the new movie, there's there's a reason why one of those is missing and we'll, we'll jump into that when we get into the mm-hmm. second half. But, uh, well, Keaton did yeah. a pretty good job of trying to balance the three. Ba- Bale did a very good job of balancing the three. You got to see Bale be, you know, buying hotels and driving fast cars and having loose women, and and then you got to see him at home, literally making batarangs with a sander and spray painting the suit. And then 
he does the gravelly voice and he goes out and beats the hell out of people. So he did a pretty good job of juggling those three roles. So, Rob, what do you think? I feel like, sorry, go ahead. Bale did a good, great job, I think, uh, as the Playboy Batman um, Mm -hmm. and, you know, the gravelly gritty uh, as a regular or Bruce Wayne. That's where I think maybe he wasn't the best. Right. Right. But he certainly did a great Playboy uh, Bruce Wayne for sure. I just feel like he was less and less Batman the more the trilogy went on. I I can speak to that from a, more of a what I felt was a more of a marketing perspective for those movies, mm-hmm. and it's kind of my biggest complaint with them because they're great, and I do thoroughly enjoy them. But every time someone sure. asks me my favorite ones, I put those lower on the list because despite being good movies, they're not Batman movies to me. Um, I think part of the thing was the especially Dark Knight. Uh, Batman Begins was a little bit of a slower uh, release. People weren't really aware of it. Dark Knight picked up in popularity, but it was at a time when superhero movies weren't as big as they are now by any means. They were quite small and much more of a niche market. Um, And so their goal was to appeal to people who were coming for an action movie. They're like, so what would the guy who watches James Bond want to see in a Batman movie? How do we make this a superhero movie without it being about superheroes? And I think that's part of what the Dark Knight did is that he felt less and less like Batman and more like your average James Bond action hero because they Mm -hmm. needed it to appeal to a wider audience because they had no idea that it was going to take off. um, Superhero movies were going to take off. It was all a big gamble. So they really wanted to play it safe that way. That's a great point. Yeah, Mm -hmm. for sure. Yeah, I guess Nolan sat the cast down and, and viewed Blade Runner for them and said, this is how we're doing Batman. Yeah. So that yeah. that's that's pretty accurate as far as that goes. You know, lots of action set pieces, very dark and gritty and grim. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In the same vein, I uh, I think I told everybody a couple of weeks ago that not only am I a nerd, but I'm a car nerd. I've always been a car nerd. I've, I've got a collection of little Hot Wheels still in my garage. Um... The Batmobile has always been its own character for me in Batman franchises. I mean, we've seen the Batmobile from this movie and all the marketing material, which I freaking loved. I don't understand people that don't like it. That I saw so many comments of people saying, oh, what the fuck is this? Blah, blah, blah. A muscle car as his first Batmobile? Oh, dude, that blew my mind. I loved it. What is everybody's favorite Batmobile? Because for me, this new one is by far my favorite Batmobile of all of them. You've got decades of highly stylized cars, though. So I think that's probably where you're seeing the pushback. Because every Batmobile before then, the screen has been a a unique vehicle. And this one is the first one that's not. That's clearly Mm -hmm. based on something else. But I'm not going to answer this for the Oh, I'd argue against that one a little bit. um, Looking at uh, the uh, Adam West Batmobile. It -hmm. was a stock car that, yeah, they, they added the fun dual... Uh, windshields and and all the fun gadgets, but as far as base model for the car goes, you could you could buy those. I don't remember. Exactly you couldn't actually. That was, was a concept car that they or built. something. No, that that car never was released. Yeah. It was a concept car that they made. There was only the one of it, and uh, George Barris actually bought the prototype, and it had been sitting in his yard for I think five or ten years when they came to him asking him to build a Batmobile, and he's like, "Ooh, I've got the perfect car for it." But there, that was the but, only yeah. actual one that was ever made. But you're right in the sense that that was like a Chevy something that was made by Chevrolet. Yeah. It wasn't. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't like so these Batmobiles from Michael Keaton's Batmobile, which is. Well, that's what I'm saying. The animated yeah. series, yeah, yeah, yeah. like all yeah. the Batman since then, the decades since then, it's all been a highly stylized, unique looking vehicle. And 
even in the comics. There have been a couple of times where he's had a car car in the comics, but even then in the comics, it's mostly been a stylized Early thing, so. comics. Yeah, yeah. No, I think yeah. you're right that way, which is what makes this one so exciting to me is because it looks a lot more like Adam West's mm -hmm. style of car, but in, from a completely different viewpoint because like everything about the Adam West Batman was meant to be fantastical and funny and and just super unrealistic and then this one takes a different approach of like this is a car you could conceivably make yourself but it's also the opposite of funny and super unrealistic like it, it was really hand done which was so cool so. yeah the car in this one uh was was its own character um <laughs> and I'm hesitant to go into this without getting going too much and it maybe it's for the second half of the show but I, I thought it fit perfectly into the tone of that movie like what they tried to do with that car it almost feels like its own animal character especially the the sounds it makes and you know the scene that it gets to to present yeah. itself in yeah 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 um but before that i mean i my favorite was the uh the michael keaton batmobile mm -hmm. I, I love that one um but yeah. after that one it's this one's got a lot to uh going for it, especially how I think it fits into the movie when it comes to the sound. Mm -hmm. the, the sound and the music played a huge role in this movie for me. It did. Oh, for sure. I think it's still the Tumblr for me, even though the Nolan movies are not my top Batman movies. That, I mean, could you describe the vehicle? It's a black tank. <laughs> Dude. And he's going over rooftops with it. And, and just the way it's talking about sound, like it almost made like a growl, like almost like a, like a tiger or lion animal growling sound as it would, uh, dude, that's, ugh. are you kidding me? That thing's great. Yeah. I think the use of sound in the Batmobile has been a thing that's evolved from the eighties movies and onwards too. And I think that's really cool. You didn't really see it in the Kilmer or the Keaton or rather the uh, Clooney ones because the, you've got a Batmobile very briefly, but uh, mm -hmm. the Keaton one too, it wasn't a growl. It wasn't aggressive, but it was kind of, um, it had like a purr to it more, which is really cool. It fit like the streamlined feel of the car and when it would roll up. And you know what? For movies with Prince as your soundtrack, you kind of need something that's a little bit more cool and edgy and delicate. And I think that was really cool because then when you look at the more rough ones like the Tumblr, like they looked at how they can keep adding more personality to these vehicles and sound is absolutely the way to do that. And they like turned it completely on its head from the cool sounds of if Prince were a car uh, into yeah. tanks, just just tanks. They're just angry tanks. Yeah, the armor, they are. armor on that Keaton Bat Batmobile was super, super cool, though. When it goes in the oh, lockdown yeah. mode, it's my favorite yeah, thing. Yeah. Yeah. I Dude, had a button and then all the armor. Ah, Man. It's my favorite, and then you cut to the people trying to pry it open, and it doesn't yeah. work. I always thought and that then was the bombs. Where do you park that thing? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Dope. I had those uh, earrings. I had those made as earrings for my prom in high school. Tiny little uh, Keaton Batmobiles. Perfect. <laughs> Of so the comments we here, we have Jerome he's saying the new Batmobile was legit terrifying in all the good ways. I loved it. I agree. Uh, Corey, agree with the Tumblr. It's my fave. I love the Tumblr too. Um, Why? It was a bit over. It was a bit over the top, and uh, it was my. It's not my favorite. I, I really it tickled my my tech insides and my you know the military aspect of it because it's kind of what it was meant to be a tank. So it was really cool in that respect. But. Uh, yep. I think it comes in maybe number three for me. I got yeah, to no, see the fair. Tumblr and the Batman. Oh, really? Yeah, oh, nice. at the Scotiabank Theater, great downtown Toronto, the IMAX Theater. Uh, when the Dark Knight released uh, on premiere night, they actually rolled the Tumblr and the Batpod in. And I was walking my ass from work to the subway to get home. And there they are back in this Tumblr off of the, like, the flatbed. 
and it's got like an actual like uh, muscle car engine. It's got like a Chevy 350 engine. It sounds like a Corvette. Blah, 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 coming off that trailer, it was amazing. I loved it, and I agree that the tumbler was one of the good ones. Uh, the Arkham series tumbler, uh, Batmobile, which was a little bit more tumbler-ish. It was a little bit more military-ish, more armor-plated type Batmobile. I think was amazing as well. I really loved that one too. I love the techie ones, even though this this new one's not techie at all. I love those high-tech ones like the tumbler and the. Yeah. I mean, he is year two, right? So he's just getting started. Exactly. Oh, it fit the horror vibe that that movie was skating oh, yeah. on very, very well. That, that, yeah. if I saw that thing bearing down on me, that would scare the shit out of me. So yeah. it, it, it managed that easily. You saw the look on Penguin's face. Again, no spoilers. It's in the trailer. So you yeah. see the look on Penguin's face when that, when that vehicle's bearing down on him. Yeah. That, that was scary as all hell. Yeah. I was also really excited that that wasn't the only use we got of it, not to talk too much about it too soon, but that I was afraid that trailer scene was going to be the feature shot and we would get nothing else from it because I think it is a really important character piece, uh, but it wasn't. And I was glad that they used it in really good ways. So that penguin shot led up the anticipation and the excitement and then I it delivered. Mm-hmm. And that's what Wayne's saying here. The Batmobile of any era is its own entity. If Batman is the Dark Knight, then the Batmobile is his steed. The car has been mm-hmm. as powerful, stylish, and terrifying as the owner. So, yeah. and then Tanith chimed in and said, "Keats Batmobile all the way." So, yeah, it's a good discussion. I don't think any of us picked the same car, so that's good. I kind of feel like the Batmobile was always Batman's sidekick more than Robin was. Oh, that's sorry, Robbie. Robbie. Sorry, Robbie. Robbie. I just saw him in the chat. Are you? I'm me? sorry, bud. Sorry, bud. Yeah, well, we've had four Robins, five Robins, something like that. Anyway. They're disposable. The Batmobile is not. Well, <laughs> no, it's consistent through every particular run. The Batmobile. There Nobody switches I mean, cars mid-season. True. True. Uh, Wayne saying, Arkham Knight Batmobile is killer, but the 89 Keaton is my favorite. Robbie saying, also the 89 Batmobile all the way. Uh, Megan saying, every time you guys say Tumblr, my brain keeps thinking Tumblr, the, uh, the app on the internet there that do you think the Batman year one animated movie is a perfect prequel to this movie or are there discrepancies? Uh, that's a very good question. Is it time I'd to start talking to, about this? I'd have to rewatch year yeah. one or even reread year yeah. one because I don't know how. I don't know end. about discrepancies. Would it be a, a perfect prequel? I don't know. It kind of fits. Um, I don't think there's anything that contradicts it. I don't think so. Means. It doesn't go in the direction that year one does. No. Other than the interaction with Catwoman, because he does meet Catwoman yes. in year one. Yes. And that whole kind of storyline plays out in year one, not by year mm. two. So the only sort of contradiction, I guess you would I see. I mean, but- so we got to be honest that they had said right up front that this movie was going to be a mix of year one and the long Halloween. Right off the bat, they were very open, and that was what they were basing their story on. They were doing a mixture of year one and the long Halloween. So, you know, there are elements of year one that are in this movie, basically, right? Um, oh, for sure. But if they said it once, they said it a million times that he he kept on saying, himself, I've been doing this for two years and having no effect or whatever. So it's mm-hmm. it's clearly that he's been at it for two years. It's said multiple times. So, mm-hmm. and you could, he's already got the car, he's already got the suit. 
the mm-hmm. he's even he's already got the signal. You know what I mean? Like that's he's already established a rapport with Gordon. So clearly he has been doing it for some time. It's not a pure year one where he's out on the street in a toque and gloves and fighting guys trying to get a sense of what where he belongs and what he's doing. So mm-hmm. yeah, just we know didn't what the need that either. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree. Yeah. If I had to watch the the Waynes get shot on screen one more time, I think I would have walked out of the theater. What we were <laughs> shot? I had no idea. <laughs> They didn't tell us how they died. Way to spoil it, Erica. What about the pearls? <clears throat> Guys, I'm telling you. No, I, I'm I'm happy we, we did get that. I'm happy they went the the Spider-Man type route where we didn't need to see that again. We know who no, Batman right is, for crying out loud. He's the most popular superhero in the world. Like, Arguably the most popular literary and screen character probably of the last hundred years. I, I, I don't know who would even top him. So it's... Yeah, I would agree with that. You go the deepest, darkest. I mean, I'm sure some nerds would be like, "Well, actually, yeah, no, <laughs> but you know, yeah, yeah." I uh, so yeah. question in the chat here: Did you enjoy the casting of the characters? Okay, are we just going to go ahead and start talking about the Batman? Because so, I feel okay. like we're, 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 we're twenty minutes. Everybody's okay, actually, getting us in. Yeah. Uh, before we do get into the movie, I, so I had three things I was going to ask you. I was going to ask you who your favorite Batman was, who your favorite Batmobile was, and who your favorite Batman villain is. Um. I want to get to that before we start talking about the characters because we've seen more villains in this movie, or at least they've they've Easter egged more villains in this movie that I think we've ever had in any Batman movie. So we'll get to that in a minute. But who's typically your favorite villain? So you're talking Batman's in general. Villain. In general. Okay. Across all the Batman. Answer. Across all the Batman. Comic books, animated series. Who's your favorite villain? Batman specific villain, right? From his gallery Rose of rogues. Gallery. Yeah. Uh, notwithstanding to this recent movie, but my favorite has always been Riddler. Um, mm-hmm. The the Val Kilmer, um, Jim Carrey Riddler was so ridiculous to me that I couldn't I couldn't look away, and so I started investigating in all the cartoons and and how how. There are what I like is that he's never the same character in every medium. Like they they rewrite him a little bit every single time, and I think that's really cool and adaptable, including in this movie. Rob, and then there was stunned silence. <laughs> um, yeah, this movie aside, uh, I really really enjoyed Danny DeVito's Penguin um, mm-hmm. from that movie. Um, I thought that was amazing and i really enjoyed the the whole tim burton world of that at that point well, i think we probably had enough of tim burton stuff for right now but at that time uh, it was different i think unique and I, I really liked how he did it that role at that time cool i'll be the cliche the joker i again if, if we're if we're saying batman is the greatest literary character of the last hundred years the joker is easily the greatest literary villain of the last 100 years through all media iconic there's and the role has been done numerous times and in the comics it's he plays such a huge important role in batman's life the two are the reason why each other exists so it's, yeah. it's hard that they're the yin and the yang it's hard to have one without the other and then we get crazy great performances like jack nicholson and heath ledger and i'm gonna say it jared leto mark and, hamill and mark hamill and mark yeah hamill, i mean take, sure. take your pick. We, we could have a whole hour episode just talking about joker interpretations over the years so yeah yeah, dude. What about you, yeah, Joker is yeah. mine as well because of Mark Hamill. 
Um, again, Mark has done the Joker for m as many properties as, um, wow, Rain Cramp, Batman. Yeah, yeah, animated. Yeah, right alongside Kevin Conroy. He was Kevin Joker Conroy. For a thank you. That, yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, he was in all the animated series. He's been in a bunch of movies. He was in the Arkham games. Uh, Mark Hamill, for me, is the definitive Joker. Uh, and just absolutely mental. Like, he's truly crazy and scary. Uh, yeah. Joker for me. Should we get into the conversation of the movie now? Because I want to spoil this little tiddly one bit. Little, one little comment from the chat here. Uh, Arkham Scarecrow. I'm going to... Uh, you know what? Arkham Scarecrow was good. Yes. Another great villain for sure. I yeah. agree. Okay, so yeah, let's so get into the movie. For our friends on Instagram, if you are watching, we have almost hit the halfway point. We are, are going to start talking about the Batman, uh, the Robert Pattinson, the Batman 2022. Spoilers are going to abound. We cannot talk about this movie without giving them away. I know the movie's only been out for a short time, so I apologize. But if you don't want spoilers, beat it because uh, we're going to drop them uh, hard and heavy because all four of us have seen it recently and it's foremost on our minds. So. You've been warned. I'm going to give you like 30 seconds. And then if you're still here, it's on you. Uh, by the way, uh, Wayne saying my favorite Batman villain is Ra's al Ghul. Another amazing pick. Easily in my top three or four. Uh, from the comic and the animated series is one of the few people whose skill set and global match his own. Ra's al Ghul is Batman's Moriarty. Yeah, absolutely. For sure is. Yeah, that's actually a really good way to put it. Yeah, the joking Mr. Freeze okay. comment. I, I know it's a joke, but I actually really enjoyed Arnold. It was wildly, laughably entertaining in a movie that needed that kind of stupid humor. So that's a Oof. joke, but I liked it. Yep. Nope, that's yeah, fair. I, I'm with you on the Jim Carrey uh, Riddler as well. Uh, yeah, same reason. They You needed that. stupid humor for these. Yeah. Yeah. It was so cool what the animated series did for that character, though, building in that story of his wife and, and the disease, yeah. McGregor's disease and everything else. What, giving that that came from the animated series? Um, at least it got built out in the animated series, mm -hmm. and, and it gave that character a lot more depth than just a mwahaha mustache twirly nonsense. He he was this tragic character now that, that we could empathize with as to why he's doing what he's doing. So, mm -hmm. yeah, Mr. Free is a great pick. I don't know about the Arnie version, but yeah, to each their own. Yeah. Welcome to the Ice Age or whatever. Yeah. Oh, the, di yeah, the dinosaurs. Let's yes. kick some ice. Yeah, exactly. As Wayne was saying in the chat there. Yeah, mm -hmm. terrible. All right, guys. Your 30 nice. seconds is up. Looks like we've lost a few people, but some of you are hanging on. So if we spoil all this right. for you, it's on you now. The Batman. Yeah. So first of all, let's start with what did you guys even think of the movie? I want to get everybody's initial thoughts of the movie. Guys, I've got a shit ton of notes here. Just telling you right now. So you're gonna have to cut We're me trouble. off to get some word in words in. I got, so. I got some words, I got some words myself. So so you guys go ahead. So right I had away. a four-hour hair appointment to think about it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, let's go. What did you think about the movie? What are your initial thoughts? It's everything I needed. That's exactly what I was looking for in in what was advertised to me. I, I don't yeah. think they dropped a beat. I'm glad they went with the length they did. I'm glad they went with as many plot lines as they did, even if there were so many. It's it was chef's kiss. It's it's on track to be my new favorite. Mm -hmm. I would yep. agree. It's on track to be my new favorite as well. I loved it. I thought it was great. I can't wait to go back and watch it a second time. 
like I was talking to Jeff uh, earlier before uh, we got started here. I was trying to find time this week to squeeze it in before tonight, but I just couldn't do it. So uh, I don't know what you're thinking, but we should maybe go see it a second time. But I loved it. It was great. I'm up for it. Yeah. yeah. Totally There's a couple little it. tiny little things like in any movie, but uh, no, I loved it. It was great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I'm going to be uh, going up to the old box office and be one, please, and just go see it <laughs> yeah. myself so I can just, you know, really, really soak in a lot of the nuance and details. Yeah, like like Rob was saying, I have my quibbles, like like I have with my quibbles for everything that's ever existed forever. But uh, overall, how you what wh- what did you want in a Batman movie, especially a Batman that's that's, you know, where he's at when he's trying to figure out what Batman is? Oh, my God. Like, they just they nailed it everything about it the look the feel the nuance the characterization like all of it's there the casting was perfect if you're still by the way if you're still a pattinson hater or or you you don't believe he could pull this off you're just wrong i'm not even gonna like entertain your opinion because he (laughs) crushes it zoe kravitz crushes it colin farrell unrecognizably crushes it Mm mm-hmm everything I don't hear no other arguments about it yeah there's no debate on this yeah (laughs) you don't agree you're getting booted out of the channel speaking briefly about the Pattinson casting real because I know that was the biggest controversy from the beginning and people came Mm. around um, and I remember people talking about what they felt about the cast the most exciting thing about it to me having now seen the movie and for the the years that we've been leading up to it is that uh, I've seen I, I watched Twilight. I was the correct demographic when it came out. And so I was aware of how that started. But then I continued to watch his other movies as they came out when he picked specific things. Um, and the, there's one movie, uh, Cosmopolis, which I've borrowed from friends mm-hmm. seen a couple of times now. I don't know if it, anyone has seen it. I do recommend it. It was filmed in Canada. So a lot of cool uh, Toronto uh, cameos. Um, and he is the quintessential Bruce Wayne um, not the, quite the womanizer level, but the Bruce that's trying to balance the public persona and the being a vengeful uh, man in that movie and watching that so many times and then seeing him cast as that, I was really excited for his potential to be the billionaire playboy. In this movie, we didn't get that for obvious plot reasons, but it makes me really excited for the future because as he moves on, I already, I'm already committed to him being the perfect uh, playboy Bruce Wayne balance. Um, mm. And I think it's going to lend that well, really well. What about you, JS? How did you feel about the film? Yeah, I freaking loved it. Uh, it is my favorite Batman movie. Uh, one of my favorite superhero movies, I think. Um, I'm seeing a lot of the comments fly by here in the chat. Yes, it was a little long. Especially at the end. Uh, for me, the ending at one point, it's like, holy cow, let's let's go. Let's wrap it up. Yeah. Right? Um, but otherwise, I loved it. I love that we finally, finally got a proper like murder mystery type movie, right? Like a detective noir, Batman. The castings, world's Jeff, greatest like said, detective, were all amazing. Was... World's greatest detective, although he's not yet. And they actually, Penguin takes a jab at him, right? Oh, look at you, Mister World's Greatest Detective, and you can't figure this out, you know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so he's not yet, but he's getting there. Like we actually got him, got to see him as an actual detective. Uh, like Jeff said, the castings. Colin could Farrell. have been better. Yeah, they could. Uh, all of them. They were all good. Everybody yeah. was good. I didn't know that John Turturro was even going to be in this movie. <laughs> no, I, yeah. I, I didn't Where, know yeah. Carmine Falcone was even part of this story. Yeah. I I knew he was in it. I'd seen something, but I didn't know he was Falcone, and I didn't know Falcone played such a big role in the plot. So, 
Yeah, mm-hmm. so that was a great plus for me. Oh, um, one thing I want to bring up too, JS, I don't mean to interrupt. I love how they made the Waynes fallible because that's yes. never been done before. They made the Waynes real people that make yeah. mistakes. Things happen. The Arkham tie-in's a little weird. I don't know if there's any basis for that. Maybe I'm just not as versed in, in Batman lore, but I don't sure remember Martha. Okay. Okay. I, I, that's something that, that kind of went by me. But other than that, I love how they made the Wayne's human. Yeah. Yeah. He screwed up. She was a little bit crazy and he tried to protect her and he made some bad decisions and it led to this and da da da. That's fantastic. It was a very humanizing movie all around. Very much so. And I really appreciated that. That was a bold move for them to do to, to villainize these people that have been put on pedestals since 1938. Yeah. I think that was the best way to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Really quickly. I think that, Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I think I talked over somebody. No, no. <laughs> no, you're okay. good. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. I think that that was um, a natural progression from the the Nolan films because those, especially Dark Knight, they looked at trying to blur the black and white and give you a gray zone, especially with uh, bringing down Harvey Dent in the movie like that and then showing you like your one bad day away. Um, and I think that was good, but there was still such a contrast between you there's a clear hero doesn't matter who's one bad day away batman's still the good guy doesn't matter um and i think this movie was the natural progression of okay but what if we take away the heroes what if we've already blurred the villains you know that's possible it's super easy for one person to become a bad egg but what about the the people that were infallible the gods of these stories which was really cool nobody was was godlike in this um and they even showed that with falcone who who should have been the 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 god of the underworld and they brought him down and it was great and i think they did a really good progression of they they actually blurred the lines they made it really really gray and that was cool i think they've got a lot to to do with that it was so neat there's a shit ton of comments in the that we've all kind of had our initial take. Let me get through some of these for us. Uh, best part of the whole movie is that they showed him with eye makeup when the mask comes off. Says Coronas cosplay. Mm-hmm. I agree. Very, very cool. Totally. Touch. That, yeah. Yep. Uh, Wayne saying the Patman is eight out of ten. Solid movie. Great cast. The soundtrack. Hell, something in the way is Gotham City's new theme song. A really great in the first and second act. Easter eggs galore. Seeing it again. Uh, it was funny at parts. It did have some levity to it. Not a Marvel style of levity, but some levity to it. Uh, Corona saying the action and the story was fairly well paced, but when people are just walking, looking around, they move so slow. But yeah, the story characters, design, tone, et cetera, are all great. Uh, Haven Creators asked an interesting question. Is this the first time Selena has been written as Falcone's daughter? Spoiler alert. Uh, so in the long Halloween, she was Falcone's daughter. Okay. Uh, I oh, think there you go. that's only in that story. They took that right out of the long Halloween. I don't think she was ever Falcone's daughter anywhere else, but I could be wrong. Uh, not my expert can maybe correct me on that. Uh, Wayne saying again, the part where Penguin tr- uh, trying to walk with his hands and feet died like a penguin. <laughs> Laughed out loud at that. Uh, Logan Quinn saying the Martha Arkham connection was more of a flashpoint thing in my opinion. That's fair. Dream uh, costume. Yeah. See it. Or he's saying, I have a hard time seeing this Batman in the DCU as a whole. Uh, what he's what, not. what I was left with the movie feeling. Yeah, that's fine. And Batman and Commissioner Gordon um, gave me buddy cop the lethal weapon vibes. Yeah, absolutely. So here's a question for you guys then. What do you think about uh, the Batman maybe meeting up with uh, Joaquin's Joker? Do, do you think that's a better fit than trying to fit him into the overall DCEU? Do you think you could meld those two very visceral properties together? 
I know they've already got Barry Keegan set up to be the Joker in this universe. So, I mean, it's it's not going to happen. But do you think that would be a better fit than maybe some of the other pairings that you could come up with for the Batman to be facing off against? He's the only he's the only Batman I could see facing up with Joaquin's Joker. I can't yeah. picture a single other one taking that for what it is. Because if nothing else, like as you mentioned earlier, this is the one where we see his parents be fallible and we recognize that he, he doesn't see the good in everybody necessarily um, tries to, but he's learning that's not the case. So I think he's the best chance. And I feel like the Joker movie actually showed us that Thomas Wayne wasn't a nice man, right? He was a mm-hmm. jerk. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I think that could kind of fit. Yeah. Yep. Uh, yep. Although I don't think they're ever going to do that, but it, it, no, yeah, no, I can I see that. Yeah, that Joker movie was great on its own, but I don't feel like it would be the right casting choice to no. pair up for for the sec- like a next movie. No, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah, I don't feel like, and as weird as this is going to sound, I don't feel like that Joker needs a batman that's fair yeah i get that yep. i don't think it does uh so when it's so he's second and maybe even a third movie you know you can have a event without a spider-man i think you can have a joker without a batman the, the character's yeah. intrinsic value sense. is mm-hmm. yeah that character oh sorry that character just to me uh he wasn't the joker um they used his character and his kind of potential storyline as a really good plot device to just make a movie about a commentary it was all it was was a commentary on mental health and how this world destroys it um and they just used joker as a as a ship as a carrier for that um in my mind he wasn't he wasn't a comic villain he wasn't anything like that and it was still a good movie that way but i think that makes the difference that that's why you don't need a batman that's why you don't need a hero because the movie proves that nothing is going to solve that no one savior is going to drop out of the sky and fix this problem it's a whole uh, institutionalized issue um and that's what made it its own standalone movie the best way that's fair so what's your guys biggest i don't want to say failing but what's your biggest gripe with the new film if you had to center on one particular aspect of the film, what would you say as you were either as you were watching it or as you came away with it, what was your one thing that you were like, ugh, not that? The the one I can think of right away that I can also argue with myself on um, is I knew it was a three-hour movie going in. I was prepared for that. I was prepared for lots of plot points because they have the time to do that. Um, I appreciated that they did tie up there all the loose ends that they needed to that weren't going to be involved in future comics but i think it was just it was a lot of individual scenes so every time a scene would end it would seem like it's ending like they they did a lot of uh tying up that seemed too much like a conclusion to me um i think they could have ended some of the plot points without it seeming like the end like when he's walking through with the torch in the water could have been a closing shot right there uh, yeah. there could have been multiple different times where they ended so i think they just they made the the individual plot points too finite and too over like they, they ended it too well again and again and again for three hours i felt that way about the scene at the end where him and uh, catwoman are, are parting ways and saying their goodbyes and then they say goodbye and then they hop on and their they motorcycles the and they ride off and they're like crisscrossing and flirting with each other and then they stop at the crossways and then they drive away and it's like you already said goodbye three minutes ago we had to watch this for another five minutes <laughs> yeah. So yeah, there's a few and it still things wasn't like the that. End. Yeah. And it still wasn't the end. Yeah. 
And do you think that's just hubris on the part of, of Matt Reeves because he's such a, a popular and, and, and hugely successful director that when he came in, Warner probably just was like, whatever you want to do, man, like knock yourself out. I think for me that there's a lot of setup in those final scenes that we're not necessarily seeing just yet. Um, I think a lot like that scene with the Joker at the end where the Riddler is sitting there and the Joker's in the cell next door, you know, talking to him. Um, I feel like that's a setup for what's to come as well. Um, yeah, I feel like a lot of it wasn't about ending this movie, but about setting up the next yes. one or two. I, I think that's mm-hmm. what that ending was for, personally. Absolutely. So for no that, reason. I think they could have just uh, left it a little less cinematic at the end of each setup. Because <laughs> yeah. it felt like the conclusion every time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Though, be careful, because Reeves has specifically stated that that Joker is, in fact, not you're not necessarily going to see the Joker in the second part of the movie. He's like, everybody puts the Joker in the second movie. We're probably not going to do that. So you may not and see him fine. in the next film. Yeah. yeah. You're going to see him though. There's no way they're going to do a whole trilogy and not have him in there anywhere. But yeah. Uh, when you guys saw Gotham, him riding his bike through Gotham, like what did you think it is nothing like any Gotham we've ever seen before? Sure is rainy. Uh, there, well, man. it is. It's very Arkham city. Gotham. Very, it's very me. wet. Very wet. Yeah. Was he outside at any point and it wasn't raining? Anybody? Anybody? Anybody noticed a single scene where it wasn't raining at night? I mean, there were some daytime scenes where it was not, but if it was nighttime, it was raining in that place. I feel like yeah. the scene where they go to get the penguin at the warehouse, and then they have the chase. It's not raining at the beginning. It rains later. It by the time yeah. he it explodes and he comes out. Uh, no, the it's it's raining that point. It, it might be the wettest movie ever made after Waterworld. I can't <laughs> imagine or Aquaman. It's right they up there, to, man. I think they had to raise the stakes literally and figuratively for the flooding because if it hadn't right. been raining for like eight days prior, yeah. maybe yeah. they wouldn't have flooded so fast. So Fair. that actually that's Fair. part of one of my gripes i guess that's also part of my thoughts on this view of, of gotham was that like for a historically old city built on old money it seemed like it was poorly laid out in that the the two what was it uh, a series a small series of vans like there were like what five vans how many vans? seven I, seven i think seven yeah. yeah so seven vans with what seemed like not overly large because they couldn't be detectable bombs was enough to flood the whole second half of the city like that was just it was a it was a plot point so they needed it they there needed to be a flood but i don't think they did a good job of showing that being realistic um Mm -hmm. especially in looking at the aerial shots of gotham which look cool they super did like the cool wavy shapes in and around the rivers like that was great but it didn't look um it didn't look like the realistic kind of situation of these these vans. This is what causes the whole flood. It was just poor city planning. Because I think it's supposed to be an allegory for Manhattan, right? If I'm not mistaken, that's what mm-hmm. I know. They shoot it in in Chicago a lot for that kind of gothic feel, but I'm pretty sure and Manhattan is an island. So yes. I mean, I, I I get it, but it's so far below sea level. Sea level. It's like that was my. It's like, it's like yeah, it's like Louisiana in there. It's not. Yeah, maybe that's why it had bad, the rain. It didn't yeah, have maybe. rain in every single yeah, scene so uh, that you could believe maybe there's enough water. <laughs> yes, fair. I think uh, Gotham is supposed to be Manhattan at night and Metropolis is supposed to be Manhattan during the day or something da- yeah, like that. Yeah, the general. Right. Yeah. yeah. But I think a lot of people in the chat are talking about the overall dark 
tone of the film. And I don't mean dark as a material. I mean, dark as in literally, I can't really see what's going on. So I feel like we haven't really seen a lot of this Gotham yet because so much of the movie takes place at night when it's raining. It was, it's hard to kind of get a, a really good feel for the I scope. A lot of the, how dark everything was is part of what Batman tries to be, right? He wants to be a symbol. He wants, and people are afraid that Batman might be there in the shadows. Right? It's not that he's there to kick everyone's ass. It's just that he kicks enough ass that when that bat signal goes up, the bad guys are like, I'm getting out of here because he might be in those shadows over there. So there's a lot of time spent on just a random shot in a dark alleyway you couldn't see down because Batman might be there. Right. So that and was they definitely. That really, they explain that too, which is really good they do. to explain that that's yeah. the whole mythos of why he does that. So. Mm-hmm. And I think they played how, that really well. And for they me, really did. Gotham, let's be honest. I mean, Batman roams at night. No, no, for sure. Gotham City, you really only get to see at night, right? Yeah. Uh, so to me, Bat- Gotham City is a night city. When you're playing think, Arkham yeah, I think games, it's nighttime open. all the time, right? Yeah. yeah, I think as the movies progress, and like Erica was talking about earlier, now we can explore a little bit more. He he doesn't have a Bruce Wayne persona in this film. He no. he specifically says he he's given it up because he's pursuing the Batman so much. And I think now that we know the plot of the film and the reason why things went to shit is because he wasn't paying enough attention as Bruce Wayne. I think we're going to see, like Erica was mentioning, a reintroduction of the billionaire playboy ph- philanthropist. And then I think we'll get to see a lot more of Gotham during the day and get a better sense and we feel for of sure. what yeah. it actually looks like. But for this film, because he's never the public Bruce Wayne, that persona. We don't get to, yeah, you're right. We only get to see Gotham at night. The literal, the literal darkness though, my, my background in, in film and television, um, my, my complaint with it that I, I think a lot of people, the people that I saw it with, as well as what I've heard, um, is that there is a way to make it. Oh, and uh, you know what? Megan is saying the same thing because we have the same educational background in film and television. Uh, it, there's a way to make it dark, way to keep the shadows, way to keep the contrast and make Gotham dark because yes, we are only seeing it at night as he is young. He is not Bruce, etc. But you can also cinematically make it more dynamic. You can give more streetlights, more glare, more reflections, more contrast, so that maybe we could have actually just gotten some more cool dynamic detail and shots in it. Um, so that was a mild complaint. I think as the movie went on, it got a little bit better. There were some scenes that were just done better that way, where it was still night and it was still shadows for him to lurk in, but there was some more dynamic. Like when they're in the stadium, there's the flare scene, obviously, is one of them. But uh, when they're playing around with shooting out the stadium scene. lights and stuff, that was really well done. So there's just, yeah, there are ways to have technically done it to make it still the dark, gritty Batman, but literally just give some extra light sources, some believable light sources to bounce it and make it a little bit easier on the eyes. I want to talk about that flare scene for a minute. Yeah. Because for me, for me, that is the scene where he truly becomes the superhero. Yeah. That was was that scene for him, right? Him losing his mind beat the shit out of the guy and realizing, well, wait a second, this is not who I am. And then jumping down, getting the thing, falling in the water, helping the people out, you know, putting kids into the helicopter at the end. Like that was his moment where he becomes, he actually becomes the Batman that we, the Batman. He's not just Batman anymore. He's the Batman at that point. No, he goes. I from love vengeance. that scene. He goes from vengeance to hope. Literally, yeah. that's that he says that he's like yeah. it's it's about hope. So yeah, no, you're absolutely right, man. Nailed it. 
And you can see it on it, despite the darkness and the facial expression limitations with the mask and everything. You can see that change as soon as he stands up from mm-hmm. beating the pulp out of someone and looks over and realizes where he's needed. And you see that change in his posture, in his face, and then he jumps right into the water. And you know he's not just like running away into the night like some bat people will. He's running to a purpose. And that was yeah. so cool. Okay, can we talk briefly about when he confronts the Riddler in the jail scene and First of all, Paul Dano as the Riddler. Holy shit. That was the creep down, the most creeped out I've been in the movie wow. theater in a while. Favorite yeah. Riddler betrayal of all time. Crazy. Yes. Yeah, awesome. But when he starts saying Bruce Wayne and Batman standing right there and everybody in the audience, and they actually add this in one of the trailers. I'm like, are they really dropping this bomb in the trailer that the Riddler knows he's Bruce Wayne? And are they really doing this in the first film? But you see Pattinson and he gets, he goes completely still. He doesn't move a muscle every single time he says Bruce Wayne, he gives nothing away. And then when he realizes that he doesn't know that I'm Bruce Wayne, he's just talking about the orphan Bruce Wayne. Then you can see his entire demeanor changes. But for that, like, 45 seconds where he's just like a statue, just stone faced, trying not to give anything away to this dude because he doesn't know for sure if he knows. Yeah. Just holding his breath the whole time. Yeah. Crazy great acting and interaction. They may not, those two guys may not even been in the same room the way the cuts work. They may not even film that in the same day, but holy shit. What an amazing like acting masterclass for the two of them in that scene, man. That was easily one of my favorite scenes in the film. You actually got a lot of acting. Yeah. Out of Robert Pattinson, even though he's yeah. wearing a mask and not saying anything, and not smiling, it was incredible. Yeah, does he, he smile once in this film? I don't. I don't, think, so. I don't, I don't think he does. No, nope. he's very, very, very. I'm, I'm 16 and living in my mom's basement and angsty and very, very emo kind of. I don't so. have time for a haircut. That's right. Yeah, fuck it. Yeah, like those. Yeah. That was another exactly. complaint I saw briefly when the trailers were first released was was his brooding appearance, and I don't think people recognize that it wasn't him trying to be like that. It's just his character in this movie. He has no time, no recollection, no concept of what he should or should not be doing to be a human. He is only this entity. So haircuts mean nothing to him. So this is what it was. It was perfect. It was perfect styling. It was once a nice haircut that Alfred probably forced him to get and he just let it grow out because he didn't have time. It was perfect. No, they totally pulled a Tom Hardy on him. He looked like shit for that whole movie. And I'm sure part and parcel of that was to kind of distance him from being the pretty sparkly vampire because he is an extraordinarily good looking man in real life. So they, you can't have like a supermodel be Batman. It's just not going to work as George Clooney. But in this case, they really, really made him look terrible for the whole film. And yeah, you're right. It's because he was so sunk into the persona. He just didn't care about day to day. Like even when he goes to the funeral. He still yeah. looks like shit when he goes like yeah, it just looks, looks like shit like, the whole movie. Yeah, he looks terrible. He lost his, his family cufflinks. Like yep, he just exactly. he's no longer a human being. He is just yep. an entity. So it was yep. great. But I mean the emo vibe, he even's like, You're not my real dad, Alfred. I mean, come on, man. Like we, we get it. <laughs> yeah. You're angry. We understand. I I again I think I feel like that played a big role into what's to come, right? They needed to have that scene so that he can have those three personas. Yeah, one hundred percent. There's right? room. There's room. Yeah, he needs to have that scene to be able to be the Bruce and Alfred versus the Bruce the Playboy versus the Batman. Right? Like yeah. he needed yeah. to be able to to distinctively make that. Hey, you know, 
so I, yeah. I thought that was a growth it? moment when they're oh. in the hospital and he's holding his hand and that whole deal. And I was like, oh, there we go. This, this is this is Bruce, right? That was Bruce. That was Bruce that in was, that moment when he was yeah. scared to lose him. That was so great. Yeah. And uh, with Alfred, can we take a moment to talk about Alfred being a detective, being useful, being more mm-hmm. than a butler in this? This was he's more than just the guy who's prepared with the extra weapons and and brings the sandwiches to the bat cave for when he rolls in at three in the morning he was doing actual detective work with him and being a partner and that was awesome you don't see that in most uh, iterations and it was it was so cool yeah i, I agree and i love that he um he was the one solving the ciphers from the Rid- like the riddler ciphers right which yeah. i love back to the riddler character for a second i love how they base that so much off of the zodiac killer right and mm-hmm. the cipher speaks to my inner geek. I, I that I love that, especially uh, Alfred being the one that solves those messages. I think we've been spoiled for Alfred's. There really hasn't been a bad one. Different interpretations, no. like Eric is saying, like Jeremy Irons was the mechanic, and and now you know uh, Andy Circus is the, the the helps with the crime solving, and Michael Goff, like uh, everybody, every and now uh, yeah, it, uh, we've been spoiled, man. Like every Alfred has been, and Michael Caine. What are you, you going to say? How, how like are you going to let out Michael Caine? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, crazy. He wasn't even Alfred. He was just Michael Caine. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Which is why I'm good with that. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you want to go through some of the comments there, bud? Yeah, I absolutely can because I think there's quite a few. There's quite a few here. Yeah, we've yeah, been yeah, yapping yeah. and yapping and yapping and ignore the comments yeah, here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, my biggest issue. Okay, so the lighting is where we left off. Uh, like we don't see what's going on. Uh, in terms of the setup, the Ratalada ARG website is at 89%, says Corey. That's cool. Oh, I still haven't checked that out. Yeah. Uh, Wayne and the Flood gave me No Man's Land storyline vibe. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Uh, that Valkyrie girl. Oh yeah, I know why they did it. Uh, but it can be night and still be lit. Okay, so that's what Erica was talking about. Uh, in the beginning of the movie, Batman was terrifying vigilante. At the end, when the lady was about to take the helicopter. She grabs his hand, trusting the Batman. He's becoming something more. That says Wayne. Mm-hmm. Uh, Coronas is saying Helms Deep. Oh, okay, yeah, is a perfect example showing darkness, but the audience can still see what's happening. Good right. call. Yeah. Uh, we should talk about how he never once throws a batarang. Nope. He uses it to cut oh. some stuff, but he doesn't That's throw it. right. He never Which throws it once. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Wayne was saying, I love that scene. Uh, Cronus, I also appreciate Pattinson refusing to do the superhero bod and just went for normal athletic fit. Agreed. I thought that throughout the film that he didn't get hugely jacked. He was a very lean, lean mm-hmm. fit Batman. His back definition was quite good, says Corey. Yeah, it was okay, but it wasn't like you could tell he didn't spend a year in the gym doing what a lot of them doing, juicing and gearing and getting jacked and shit, mm-hmm. or even wearing a muscle suit. You just got pure Pat Man in that, and that was pretty good. Uh, Catwoman was great. Selena were rough around the edges in her fighting. She was, Wayne, I agree. Um, yeah, but she was still early stage again, of her career. My favorite, Clever, uh, tough, chemistry. Chemistry yeah, it helps. The two of them were friends years before coming into this film together, and I think that really helped them play off each other as far mm-hmm. as that goes. I didn't know. Uh, Megan was saying, yeah, I was going to say the man's still ripped. Yeah, yeah, but a lean ripped, which I appreciated for sure, since I'm going to be doing that cosplay at some point in the near future. Um, are we talking to Batman? Do we solve the final riddle? No, we have not solved the final riddle. It's at 89%, apparently. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is really fit and well-built. Uh, yeah, and the son made a cameo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, there were some there were some lit scenes, but 
Um, oh, get the sunrise when he's carrying people out of the wreckage of the state. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and 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 the the Nolan movies were very clear on that too. Is he does not go out during the daytime as Batman. If he's going out in the daytime, he's going out with Bruce Wayne, which we talked about earlier. That's why we don't really see the daylight because he's just not Bruce Wayne in this film. So, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. what did you guys think of his hallway scene? Hmm. Dope, amazing. I, how could you argue with it? It was. I mean, it's, you got to suspend some disbelief. He's still taking bullets and he's not reacting to them at all. And that's not really how bulletproof yeah, stuff works. Yeah, it's not 100% like, ooh, look, look at how real this is. But, Who gives a yeah. shit? It looks dope yeah. as fuck. Yeah. So. Yeah, I love that most not of the scene is. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. I was just going to say, I love that most of the scene is only lit by gun flash. Yes. Right? That was. The yeah. only light in that whole scene is the gun flash. There's a lot of gun flash, but that's all you see for light, which was amazing. Yeah, I, I want to look more into the the filming of, of much of these scenes, but that one in particular of like how how hard, how many takes? Um, because he's known for being very good at at getting like nailing it a couple of times. He's had a lot of practice with a couple of a couple of films that have been like film specifically, so they're they're limited. Like The Lighthouse was on vintage 1920s stock, so they got one take. So he's good at one take. Really? Things, but that was. Uh, yeah, it was entirely on 1920s stock film, so they had one take for everything, which is really cool. Um, so I'd love to know how he did with the stunts, because I know he did some of his own stunt work, including, I think, maybe that scene, which would be really cool to know. Um, it was so great. But what I also liked is that when you remember that he is young, he is younger than most of the bat portrayals that we see. Um, like, yeah, it's, it wasn't super realistic for him to not be feeling the blowback of it, at least, because even bulletproof stuff, you're still going to feel the impact. But he's running on like so much adrenaline, which we also see is a thing that he implements in life or death situations later on. So that was really cool to, to yeah. watch him make use or of Or was that green vein venom? That was totally vein venom. Was it venom? Yes. Sorry to cut you off. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> totally venom. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. I'll take that. But he's still running on his own personal young guy, angry uh, vengeance adrenaline for a lot of these. So I think that also helps make it a little bit more believable that he can keep swinging after all of it. And, and he's not getting laid, so he's channeling all that sexual frustration there. Too. Where else is Literally? he gonna put it? Yeah, he's exactly right. right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, the scene. Okay, so let, yeah. let's talk about the Batmobile scene. Because uh, <laughs> we talked about the Batmobile, oh, yeah. and then we never got into the Batmobile scene. So talk about exceeding again, We're going to spoil it here, folks. If you haven't seen it, well, we're warning you. Um, at one point in the movie, Gordon sends or calls Batman and says, hey, I know where they are. They're at this address. And Batman's like, I'm already there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So... Yeah. <laughs> so Gordon shows up and then, you know, shit goes down and everybody's running away and gunfire. And then you hear the hissing of that jet engine. But you're right, Rob. It sound, almost sounds like an animal friggin' screech. Like it was, I'm not going to lie, it gave me chills a little bit. When I realized what it was, I literally got chills. Uh, when I saw it spitting fire, I was like, oh my God, what the fuck is this? Yeah. And then he goes, I think I giggled. Goes, I think I giggled Vroom! in the theater. And it, yeah. And then he jumps. And I'm like, okay, like, dude, like, really? Just yeah, that pass. was a little. Yeah, weird, like, just but... go. Like, what are you waiting for? Like, I know? mean, it was like that animalistic guy uh, trying to give it to that vehicle to, to make it seem like it was own, its own animal character. But I don't think it was. Necessary, I think that was the but... point. 
He was young. Yeah, and he I'm sure he doesn't have a handle point. on it yeah. on any of it yet, right? So he doesn't have a handle on this entity that he's created. So like when it kicks back and he has to restart, it's showing that he's still getting the hang of this and like he's fallible and he doesn't quite have it. But it was it was it was fantastic. I also appreciated that we didn't get uh this was one of megan's uh complaints oh yes i did giggle thank you megan i did audibly <laughs> giggle in the theater uh, one of her complaints was that you didn't see enough of the car and that is fair but i liked it i appreciated yeah. that i think that made it more of its own monster a lot of what we saw was like the various light sources including the entire explosion shining through the negative space of the vehicle and it made it look like eyes and teeth and like it had like a heart inside of it mm -hmm. it was i think not seeing a lot of it was so great i think it made it really ominous it was it was so cool i love the parallel between because every time he would come out as batman it would be a pan over shot of a dark alley or a dark whatever and you would hear him walking first this slow yeah. measured tread and then he would slowly appear into the light really really you know enforcing those horror vibes and then the batmobile was the exact same way where it has this slow wind up start before it just gets this huge crescendo of sound and flame and then roars out and yeah dude i mean you couldn't have fear. done that exactly you couldn't have done yeah. that any any better yeah, the car was yeah. dope. I was not expecting much from the car. I'm like, okay, he drives a muscle car that's got a jet engine in the back. That's cool. But the way they did that, the sound design, the sound editing, and and the visual, man. I was prepped it. about it. I was I was pumped about it. Like uh, as uh, Jay said earlier, I I don't know enough about the internal workings of cars, but I love car bodies. I've been a fan of cars my whole life. So to see something that looked so distinctly handmade, but really well done, like he's been tweaking it for a couple of years now. And that was so neat. Um, and then to see it with the bike, like, can we talk about the use of a bike? So, so blatantly, so, so well, like that was his Bruce mobile until the end, which was really cool because then he got to like meld it together. And I really loved how um, hand done it felt. It matched the tone of the suit it matched the tone of all of his gear. It matched the very unfinished bat cave that he was working in. It was so cool. I think uh, the the car concept was really, I was sold from the very beginning. And then by making it its own entity and giving it so much screen time and presence, it made it even better. Mm -hmm. Megan saying I, it was cool, but uh, I want to see the cool car. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we'll I see if they come up with the Hot Wheels. wheels. Yeah, yeah. 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 They'll be like, it'll be fun. Yeah, I knew when I heard it uh, growl at the beginning. I, Jay and I, JS and I were in the same theater, but not together. And when I heard that growl, I'm, I'm like looking behind, like <laughs> you freaking where I am. out back there. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah, I was loving it back there. Yeah, I could have awesome. used more Batmobile for sure. Yeah. Um, talking about the Batcave, did you guys catch the fact that a Bruce does not live in Wayne Manor? He lives in Wayne Tower at Wayne Enterprises. Uh, the that Wayne Manor was turned into the orphanage that it yeah. gets turned into at the end of um, the Nolan trilogy. The Nolan trilogy, mm -hmm. uh, and that the Batcave at this point is just some abandoned subway station. Yeah. Isn't it? Like, is, is this a really cool twist? Doesn't it say Wayne Terminus or something? Like, is it also not a Wayne property? It I probably think it is. Was at one I point. think there's I think a sign big, yeah. across the top in stone that it says Wayne Terminus or Wayne Terminal or something along those lines. So, yeah, which would make sense. He would have to own it property. to, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
That was really cool. I really liked that he was dissociating himself with his former life and everything, which was really cool because it's a direct contrast from like the only reason he's doing any of this. So it also put him more in the heart of the city, which I appreciated. I thought that was really cool. And they bring that up. It they did. talk about, uh, you know, Bruce Wayne living in, in Wayne Manor on the outskirts of Gotham. And, and he's not. He's right in the heart of it, which was really cool. Mm -hmm. Agreed. And I'm sure we're going to get to see more of the Batcave and how it's going to evolve along with everything else. But I'm kind of I'm kind of geeked to see some of it. Hopefully they say this. Like, I hope they don't completely redesign the suit like they had a tendency to do in the Nolan movies. I, I, the suit is extraordinarily functional. Someone mentioned that in the chat earlier, too. Probably one of the most functional suits that's ever been worn on screen. And uh, yeah. and and same with the car. Like, let's not muck about with the car and even the motorcycle. It's just a plain old motorcycle. But let's not muck about with it too much. Let's keep that. But maybe a little bit in the in the back cave because right now it's very rough. It looks like yeah, like just someone's really run down basement or whatever. So it would be cool if they they bump that up a little bit. But maybe some trophies in there if he starts to yeah, no, hundred percent. Yeah, he's yeah. Only he been doesn't at care it for two about years, the right? Yeah, no, he's only no. got to project fear to the people who are going to see his outside. So that was really neat. Mm -hmm. I think yep. he also wanted more. Uh, Robert specifically wanted more mobility in this suit. Um, I did catch an interview where he auditioned for the role in the Clooney suit. Um, and that one was really? one of maybe one of the least mobile of, of mm -hmm. all the bat suits on screen. And I can only imagine that like, if that's what you're auditioning in and that's what you think you're going to have to work with, like you're immediately going to request something that's way more doable. And then they obviously learned it from the Nolan ones. Like he's going to be able to turn his head. It's just goofy to do yeah. the entire torso turn. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Make back it out of the driveway a lot easier. Yeah, so seeking as, out more. Bruce himself said. After that movie, I went and watched the the rewatch the Nolan ones again because I was just craving more Batman, and it's almost comical to see that cowl right where he can't move. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And they must use that Clooney suit a lot movie. because yeah, they they they've got they had uh, both Cillian Murphy and Christian Bale when they were trying out for Batman Begins also put on the Clooney suit. So it's just, it must that was be part just of the interview. One. Yeah. So they they you audition in whatever suit best fits your head apparently right. the cowl is like because like, you can pad a body out or like leave it unzipped but the cowl is the important part and it seems like George Clooney has like the most identifiable head size for most people <laughs> so like Val and and Michael are just I don't know if they're freaks of nature somehow uh, Val had a lot of hair Michael had a lot of jaw maybe it was different and Clooney has just like the quintessential. Uh, uh, well, what I mean, he was the most handsome man alive for years, so that makes sense. So he's yeah, yeah. probably just very average head size. So yeah, everybody ends up in the Clooney uh, cowl. Yeah, same with Cavill. I mean, he he tried yeah. out in the, in the Reeve Superman suit, so it's it's what we've got on hand, and if that's what fits, that's what you're going to try on, and it works. Makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I love that the suit also had, well, or sp specifically the cape and the collar had a very Gotham by Gaslight yes. feel. Uh, Sherlock Holmes style big collar and the leather cowl and yeah great. I uh, yeah, it looked fantastic that, yeah I think that leads into the comment about talking about the the base jumping scene too because like the way that fit in naturally without it feeling too fantastical for his cape to just become a like gliders that was really neat too because it didn't feel like it was something out of one of the the Keaton Tim Burton movies it felt realistic that was awesome. Mm. Let me put this to you guys because I've noticed this trend is happening now too and I've seen a couple of memes talking about it. So 89 Batman is somewhat grounded, somewhat fantastical. The Nolan trilogy, more grounded, still some fantastical elements. This one 
even more grounded. Like everybody's talking about the darkness and the gritty, but the, it's it's almost all the fantastical elements are gone. There isn't even really just these crazy MacGuffins, the van bombs or whatever. But that's about it. Where's the stop point? Like, where do we get to a point where, like, is the next iteration of Batman going to be so grounded that we've lost all of the the charm of the story and the comics and and that? Are we getting too gritty? Are we getting too real with some of this stuff now? I don't know if I agree I with hope that. Not. Yeah, agree with the the getting getting yeah, more and more grounded as we do. You don't feel this is a more grounded take than the Nolan take than versus um, the Tim Burton take. Well, yes, versus the Tim Burton take for sure. I mean, the Tim Burton right. take. I mean, this is Tim Burton you're talking about, right? Like, let's yeah. be honest here. Right? No, no, I, mean, I get it. But I mean, not everything is going to be as style as this Tim Burton. But let's be honest, this movie, as far as the suit and the Batmobile and what Gotham looked like and the villain, it was way more stylized than the uh, uh, Nolan trilogy. Yeah, I, I don't mean right? not stylized. I, we're okay with stylized, but I just mean realism as far as that goes. Grounded. Like, this is the most Jason Bourne of the Batman films to date, as opposed to Nolan and as opposed to Burton. Well, again, is, is I that... don't know. Let's look at that. Oh, you don't agree? Okay. He's in a squirrel I don't know. suit and he hits the bus. Yeah. I mean, come on. You're in a squirrel suit. You're falling from a building and you hit <laughs> yeah. a bus and then you hit a pole. And, and then like, goes run... tumbling down the sidewalk. Yeah. Like, and then you just get up and run away. Tall. Like, come on, dude. Yeah. Like, you know. But I, okay. I, I, I get what you're saying, though. Just I, me, and, then. And, yeah, yeah. And yes, for sure I, it is. I, yeah. Oh, go ahead. No, I mean, for sure it is <laughs> a little bit it. more uh, uh, grounded than like a Tim Burton or even worse, like the Joel Schumachers, which were completely wacky. Um, we don't talk about those. The Joel Schumachers were wacky. This one was, was a lot more grounded, but um, the whole noir style was new for me. I haven't mm -hmm. really explored a lot of that. So I think that that's where it fits into not being grounded. But the Nolan ones, I think, were even more grounded. Some of the characters were a little more cartoony. Not cartoony, really, but there's a lot more face paint and, and brighter colors. But that was more a reflection, in my opinion, of like grounded in the times when it took place, 2008, when it started. You had a lot of things like um, the Iraq, like, in terms of reflecting what was going on in society at the Iraq war and certain types of shooting. So the villains and the, the society that you, was reflected in those movies were more a portrayal of what was going on in the world at that point. So I think those were very grounded in that way. This one was more, yes, gritty and grounded, but less cartoony, but it had its own different style and that it was the noir and it was still, um, I don't know, less grounded to me, a little less based in reality. But still amazingly gritty, and mm -hmm. I don't know if that makes sense. But I, I, Rob, I think you've got a good point in that. Like, I think a lot of the Batman movies have had, um, they've been like an allegory for their time. Like, if I think about each of them, the the villains in those movies and the way they're portrayed and how campy or they are or are not has uh, been determined by the time period they're in. Yeah, and you see a lot of more um, like mental health brought up. In this one as well mm -hmm. with um martha and the whole arkham thing right her her mental health issues mm -hmm. and linking back to the arkham and bruce clearly might be inheriting some things from his mother there um, <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I, <laughs> funny. I didn't put two and two together there yeah there you go so 
Yeah, the fringe group of that that uh, Riddler was appealing to on on forums and stuff like that was yes. commentary on now um, and mental health, but also the internet. So that was really cool too. And then you think about the '80s and and early '90s, and like the villains are so out there because theoretically, I mean, news was on a little bit of a slow spot there for for having like real world villains to base anything off of. So they just made it up as they went along. Whereas this one, they had some really terrifying real world entities that people are. listening to in the news and then they kind of played off of that which is really true yeah you had the cartoons which led into the cartoony movies and then people were sort of sick of of that let's go to a completely different direction and then we got the the nolan movies and people love that so it's like let's keep on with that vein we're we're getting a little bit the core audience who is us we're getting a little more mature let's give them something gritty that they like uh, and i think that's what we're getting now um but I think you can only take that so long and we might get looped back around to where we started and because you can only do these greedy ones so much longer and then we got to do something different again. Well, and I think that's where Jeff was trying to go with this, right? Is what's going to be next. Like if we keep getting greedier and greedier and greedier, you know, what's the next Batman trilogy going to be like, yeah. you know? This time you had like a real life serial killer being pursued by a really angsty, angry guy that's been doing this for two years that that basically has like just a souped up car and a motorcycle and just beats people up. Most of the fantastic elements are really just gone from a squirrel suit or not. Like you can you can pick apart little things here and there, but it's at its basic core. It's it's a it's it's a amateur detective pursuing a serial killer. And that's mm-hmm. that's kind of what happened that we haven't seen that before. Everyone's had face paint or makeup or crazy costumes or whatever. What what's the next iteration? That's that, that's more of a point. And maybe Rob's right. Maybe we'll come back full circle. Maybe the next thing we'll get would be some sort of a camp thing where they'll go lighthearted again and try to make it more appealing to kids and a broader audience. I don't know. I don't know we can get much darker and grittier than this. So no, no, especially if and we even, have a couple more to go. Yeah. Yeah. I think they've got to keep this level. Um, and then build up character development, but leave the the kind of uh, plot points alone and leave the, the audience that it's reaching alone and just build the characters and story because anything mm-hmm. more than this would be hard to watch, I think. It would start to feel too real, maybe. Um, mm-hmm. Too too grounded, as, as Jeff said. Because, um, yeah, even the they tried to make it more whimsical with the design and the costumes and the elements and stuff. So that wasn't necessarily keeping it fantastical, but it was at least adding more fun to it but then even then the they they literally grounded the bat flight suit um which they they showed him being um literally grounded him (laughs) yeah Yeah. i think perhaps to the future um and i I don't know the answer to this question but how how are they how are they and are they selling batman to my kids and i think it's funny you say that that's where my thought was going right now that's is, the future Reeves of Batman. given up on kids with this my Batman. kids wouldn't have been interested in this movie really they couldn't have sat there for three hours through some of the longer scenes they just couldn't have um it might have i mean i'm not big but i doubt it so how is batman being sold to the kids who are going to consume this after this run is done very likely through other media because the nolan batman wasn't really that kid friendly either True. Right. There were some more fantastical elements and it was a brighter, more colorful style of thing. But I mean, especially with the last two films, like The Dark Knight, The Dark Knight Rises, those, those are not kids movies by any stretch of the imagination. So, but you've always got other media for them to consume. There's always a Batman cartoon on TV. There's always the comic books to fall back on. And then there's always the older movies that they can consume as well and get into. Like if your kids yeah. want to get into Batman, the animated series is, is the best thing they could possibly do to get there. Right. So mm-hmm. yeah. 
they still got media to consume. Batwoman or Batgirl rather, Batgirl this this year uh, will be a bigger draw for people, especially as a series too. um, That that they'll have more to do that way. Yeah, different mediums for sure. They've also just announced a uh, Gotham Knights TV show. Yep, mm-hmm. we got a penguin. We got a penguin show coming as well. Colin Farrell's yeah. penguin again. Yeah, oh, yeah. Well, I get that, but we're going to be across a lot of different media to appeal to a lot of different demographics. So, mm. which is exactly how Batman grew so much in the first place. So yeah. I think that's that's going to be to- he's going to be just fine. I don't think yeah. they're going to have any trouble continuing this on. So I, I don't think it's going to die out at any time soon. Yep, no. Wayne says, I can answer that. They can sell the Batmobile shirts, merch, Lego. Yeah. And they will. So you, you talk about the Nolan movies not being overly kid-friendly, and I've got one thing to demonstrate of that yeah. for you. Is, yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, I'm going to make a mess doing it. Um, I have a Build-A-Bear Nolan suit. So nice. Market, That's market into Hell children. yeah. Yeah. Marketed to children shouldn't yeah. have been, but was. Yeah. So yeah, absolutely. I, as an adult, bought it with adult money, but for children. Yeah. So. <laughs> Perfect. So, yeah, I think I have... they will not have it. And kids loved it because, it, like, I remember buying it and other kids were eating it up because it's Batman. It doesn't matter what Batman it is. It's He's got pointy ears and a cape. They're going to buy yep. it. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. Agreed. Hey guys, uh, we've been on for uh, an hour and 15 minutes. Uh, it's almost 8.30. Uh, the old man over there needs to uh, get to bed because he's got to be up early in the morning. But uh, before we go, uh, Erica, first of all, are you going to be at Comic-Con? Uh, that is up in the air. It's There's a good chance I'll be there on Saturday roaming around, um, yep. not in a costume, just, just hanging out. But uh, we'll see. I've got a, a particularly busy month ahead with a friend's wedding planning and stuff so it'll be entirely dependent on how ahead in i am for that it's funny because that was our original plan at me and rob to be at comic-con on the saturday uh no costume just walking around enjoying the con for once you know and uh mr rob <laughs> over here after right seeing the movie back. told me by the way I, I i ordered a riddler mask and uh you know so <laughs> awesome so is it a Riddler mask or is it just a gimp mask? He's got the whole suit now. He's got the mask, the co- the jacket. Yeah. Uh, so he's doing the Riddler thing. Let's uh, call it what it really is. So I, I was a gimp mask. Yeah. Uh, so I wasn't going to do Batman. That's for sure. Because uh, I'm in no shape to be Batman. But uh, I figured, you know what? Why not re- revisit my Red Hood? So I'm doing a Red Hood based on the Batman world as if this red hood came right out of the Batman world. So I'm working on the gauntlets, you know, I don't know Perfect. if anybody can see them working on the gauntlets. Now I expect handmade and gritty. Uh, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, it'll be good. It'll be good, but we'll be there on the Saturday for sure. Uh, Jeff, you're going to be there all weekend. Yep. Yep. Sure. I'm. Yep. It'll be good times. So I'm going to be paired up with uh, my buddy, uh, crazy Mike cosplay. So we're going to fun and shenanigans. will uh, will definitely be afoot. Yeah, we're gonna try uh, to find a dark corner and uh, maybe sneak in a podcast. That is the yeah, plan. Yeah, even if it's just a quick one. Yep. Uh, at least get a little something out there. For sure. Live mm-hmm. from the convention floor, that'd be amazing. Yeah, man. And as Michael's saying, beers. Yes, beers, beers will happen, my friend. Don't you worry. All weekend long, there'll be many, 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 many beers consumed. Yes, yes. Yep. All right. Well, listen. Thanks everybody for. Uh, you know, sticking through this crazy episode with us. Uh, Erica, thank you very, very much for joining us. 
it was amazing to meet you and to get to chat Batman with you. Uh, I feel like we're going to have to have you on for some more Batman content at some point or any other property, frankly, that you're into. Uh, If you have more filler episodes, I can talk about Batman for hours. Well, hey, there (laughs) you go. Like Jess said, we could do a whole episode on Joker. Yep. (laughs) I have a few questions about uh, those shields on your wall there, but we'll save that for another time. Oh, there you go. Very interesting. Uh, Jeff, my friend. Happy to talk about those too. We'll uh, see you next week. Yes. Uh, Same bat channel, same bat time. Yeah, let me know what uh, what you want to do subject-wise, and I'll see if I can round up a couple of folks to join us for sure. Perfect. And Rob, well, I mean, I'll see you tomorrow probably, but, you know. Thanks for sticking with everybody. This is was The Batman. Hope everybody enjoyed it. Stay geeky. We'll see you next time.